Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Alexa, who is Adam Ferrar? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Fuelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie. He was a co-host on the U.S. version of Top Gear. He has had three Comedy Central specials and his new album is called It's Scary In Here. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. It sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. We have an audience. Now it's time to do the show. And we have a great show for you this week. Uh, my guest in the ADD interview is legendary car designer, artist, and TV personality. It's Chip Foose. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, and join us. And our super fan shout-out is for Brittany. Say hi to Brittany, everybody. Hello, Brittany. Hey, Brittany. How you doing? And Brittany, if Phil was here, he'd like to say hello, but no energy. You, you just you drain me of any energy at all. <laughs> yeah, Phil, Phil, Phil's got a lot going. He's still lost at sea, but uh, hopefully, uh, poor he, Phil. Yeah, he will be back soon. And Brittany's very sweet. Brittany actually made me a shirt. Uh, she came to see me at Flappers uh, Comedy Club when I was there with um, with Jay Leno, and she gave me a shirt uh, that said, uh, "I got to go see a guy about a thing." Adam Ferrara. <laughs> That's so sweet. Yeah, it was nice. I posted yeah. it on Facebook. It was nice of her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's very sweet. Uh, and I would like to begin today's proceedings by telling you how much I love Chip Foose, and I'll tell you what. As an artist, he he makes things the way I see them. You know, he just does. <laughs> I see a car. I'm going, oh, that's what that car needed. There's a Jaguar story we're telling in there that I was like, I always thought the Jaguar should have this, and then he just does it. So I respond to the way. Uh, the way he makes cars. And also, he proved a theory I had. In one of my specials, I said, I don't do the right thing because I fear punishment or I expect profit. I do the right thing because the right thing is the right thing to do. Can I get an amen? Amen. Yeah. That is amen. great. Yes. Love it. So I said that in one of my specials, and Chip Foose actually did that in real life. I'm not going to tell you what it is because you'll hear it in the interview. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, I, I think I'm vibrating on the same frequency as Chip Foose. So now Adam is a famous car designer and artist. <laughs> Do you have to shit on everything? 
<laughs> I'm just pointing out the obvious. Hilarious. Yeah, that's no, great. No, but he did. He 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 did a pure act of kindness, and it it came back um to pay off tenfold for him, and uh, not unlike. One, Marcus Stern. I think we said in the Rut episode that Mark's love language is that of being of service to other human beings and fantasizing he's a Marine. Is that accurate, Mark? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's close enough. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But, honey, as you know, Mark likes to you go on nature trails hikes. in your neighborhood. Yeah, nature hikes. And what's what's the trail you go on? The Billy Goat Trail in Great Falls. Uh, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's a famous trail because they, they found bodies there. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I mean, in all seriousness, it's a very difficult trail. Like there's a, it's like what we call a rock scramble. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people get in trouble on this trail all the time. They don't bring enough water. They're not physically prepared for it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. When I go on the trail, I, I, I try to make sure that people know what they're doing and, and if they need help, like to, to guide them through, if they need extra water, I always, I have a backpack <laughs> and so I've always got extra water, mm-hmm. you know, and Mark's basically but, a mule. carrying stuff (laughs) yeah yeah. but but you know because i I, the one thing you don't want to do out there is because it gets so unbelievably hot Mm -hmm. in dc that you don't want to be out on that trail in the middle of the day with no water and so you know what's the big deal carrying extra few extra bottles of water it's it's nothing if it helps people out Mm -hmm. but what you what you find though is you can't offer it to everybody because it's just sort of situational you sort of have to read the room and if it's like a guy and a girl you don't want to say, hey, do you guys need water? Because then you're immediately insinuating that the guy wasn't prepared enough to be out there and he's not really a man. And you're sort of emasculated. Be like, I'm prepared. Here's your water, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Your boyfriend clearly is an idiot. You know? <laughs> so you have to be careful that you don't piss off that guy. Um, and Mark learned that lesson because someone hit him in the friggin' head. <laughs> <laughs> right, I, I'm, right. I'm actually very fascinated to hear more. You, you understand the psychology well, you know, because it's, you know, you just you, you want to make sure that you're in the moment with it. And and the, you also don't want to offer um, or be too aggressive about offering water to, like, say, a couple of women who are walking by themselves, because then you're like that creepy guy's like, hey, you want some of my water? Hey, what are you doing? After <laughs> but, you know, when you find the right moment, people are overwhelmed with joy. And, and I've I my favorite thing, and it's happened a lot this summer, is I'll encounter people that they just wander onto the trail and they don't understand how difficult it is. And there's mm-hmm. this like, I don't know, 50, 75 foot, like sort of, it's not really a cliff, but it, it looks kind of like a cliff that you have to climb up and, and you get to it and you're like, Oh my God, how am I going to do this? The first time you see it, it's so intimidating. And so I'll, I'll say to these people, look, have you ever done the trail before? And when they say no, I'll be like, I will be your guide. And then I'm, and they're like, are you serious? Unsolicited. I will be your guide. Do me a favor. Hold this duct tape in these garbage bags. I got to get my shovel. <laughs> Tips are encouraged. <laughs> Well, I should point out that, you know, oftentimes I'm and actually every time I am wearing black gloves. Right. I I, I were using the climb, but also warning. <laughs> right? Warning. Yeah. No fingerprints. Right. <laughs> I also have a hat on most of the time and sunglasses. So it's very hard to sort of see who I am. Yeah. He looks and- like the Zodiac sketch. That's what he looks like <laughs> in the woods. Um, Hi, Mark, I'm here to help you. This is true, right. Mark. You do look like the Zodiac sketch. And it was worse in like the height of the pandemic when I was wearing, I had this sort of like face mask that looks like one of those anonymous masks. So you look <laughs> totally creepy. You're like, this guy's going to kill us. Right. So I try not to have that look, but That's Alex, there is this part of the trail 
where you come up and, and the trail itself goes over these rocks and it's, it's really kind of a pain to get over it. Things look further away than they really are. You're like, oh, we can get to that very easily. And it's really actually much farther away. So I try and lead them on a shortcut. And if you're not experienced, it's like you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So I, I take into account, look, at your, your amateurs on this. Let me take you this other way. So I say to them, I'm like, we're going to go a shortcut here. Okay. Trust me. (laughs) Well, most of the time I've forgotten to even introduce myself. So I'm this random guy with shades and a hat on and black gloves, and I'm leading them off the trail into this high grass that I tell them it's a shortcut. Trust Uh me, this will be better for you. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, they always follow me. So I don't know what that says about them or about me. Whether I'm just trustworthy, but but it is it is a shortcut. And with like two seconds, you're like, oh, this is so much easier. So. But I, yeah, but, I, I have noticed that if you know, if you give the impression, you know what you're doing and know where you're going, people will follow you. Yeah. Yeah, they mm-hmm. really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But things things looking further than they are when you go for a walk, especially in the hot sun. It's like Vegas. I'm like, oh, well, we'll just walk to New York, New York. I'm like, it's all the way down there. You don't realize that. <laughs> Until you leave, and then like you're halfway through, you go, we got to get a cab. <laughs> yes, yes. I love, Mark, how you talk about nature, and Adam compares it to Vegas. Same thing. <laughs> you're lost in the heat, okay? Yeah. You know what? If you're in Vegas, and this is a, this is a great comparison, Adam, because if you're in <laughs> Vegas, you want somebody to show you around so you don't sort of wander lost, go into like a bad place or wander into a bad, bad situation. You kind of want somebody that knows the ropes a little bit out there. You know, you know what I want, Mark? I want a pit boss who's heavily in debt and then can <laughs> help me out at the tables. That's what I want. That's how you get around. And all I care about is, did I wear the right shoes well, for, well, for the hike or for Vegas? That's all I care about. <laughs> well, that's important. I, but Mark, look, we're laughing, but that's great. Your love language is that of helping people. That that is who you are. You you are a helpful man. You think of others. You are you are in service to other people, and that that's very commendable. Well, thank you. Yeah, and not only a good person, but you surround yourself with good people as well. That's what I try to do in my life. I mean, look, I married a beautiful woman. I rang the bell with her. I know I love her, and I know this is where I'm supposed to be. I have my friends. Mark, you're here. It, it could go either way right now after this friggin' story. <laughs> I'll be happy. I, I, I love you when you're not on the trail. How's that? And, and Mark, you you might consider a different wardrobe choice. Yes, that's all it is, Mark. It's just it's your attire. That's all it is. It's not you as a person. It's it's your it's your outerwear. Fair point. Fair it's point. all about yeah. the first impression, baby. Yeah. But I had so I'm here to help you. Come with me. <laughs> But I had so much fun uh, talking to uh, to Chip Foose. I'm really eager for you guys to hear this. Yeah, Adam, I, before we get to the interview, car designer, how mm. badly did you geek out on this? Oh, okay. huge. Okay, just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Chip was very gracious. So you guys listen to this, and we will see you on the other side. How do you do the right thing when it's hard? There will come a time when you have to decide between doing what is right and doing what is easy. If you choose to do the easy thing, you probably are going to create a harder life for yourself. I want a pit boss who's heavily in debt and then can (laughs) help me out at the table. You're listening to the Adam Ferrara Podcast. That's 30 minutes you'll never get back. I know. Would you shut up? 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Psst, are you in Cleveland? I am. Tonight, October 14th through Saturday, October 16th, I will be at Hilarities in Cleveland, Ohio. October 28th through the 30th, I will be at the Comics Roadhouse at the Mohegan Sun Casino in Uncasville, Connecticut. December 2nd through the 4th, I will be in Timonium, Maryland at Magoobie's Joke House. And December 17th and 18th, I will be at Levity Live in Nyack, New York. There's a link for tickets right in the show notes, or you can go to my website and click the link there. You know, if you make the gig, I want to thank you. Yes, I do. Please come up after the show and let me shake your hand. Thank you for all the love and support you've shown me and this podcast. Pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy. ADHD, it's not just for kids. Nice boy, but doesn't listen to a word you say. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is a legendary car guy. He's a designer, fabricator, entrepreneur, and the youngest inductee into the Hot Rod Hall of Fame. He was awarded Builder of the Decade at the Grand National Roadster Show. He was the original host of Overhauling. He painted his first car when he was 12 years old, which I believe was a Porsche 963. We both idolized our fathers, and when he was a kid, he destroyed the roof of a Lamborghini Mura with a lacquer thinner rag. I am very, <laughs> I am very grateful he's made some time for us today, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's the one and only Chip Foose. How are you, my friend? I'm doing fantastic. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for taking the time. I ran into you uh, at Ann Amstead's uh, uh, Lotus unveiling, and I, I asked you to do it, and you said sure when, and here we are. So I thank you again, and I just want to share a story uh, with the audience that uh, you saved. Uh, you saved my, my my emotional health on my first review on Top Gear. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> no, I don't remember. Okay. I'm, I'm reviewing the SLS AMG the first year it comes out, right? That's right. Yes. And I said, the, it looked like they got to the C pillar and said, okay, boys, that's lunch. And then they left. <laughs> You're right. And when, when they came back, they just said, I take that crossfire, put the back of that crossfire on that car and we'll be fine. Yeah. So, so I said that and I got a lot of, a, what are you talking about? You don't know. And you were on the set of, uh, of, of Top Gear the first. And I, I said, look, Chip, I said this. Am I crazy? And you went, no, this is what it needs. And you took a pen and a paper 
and you you put a uh, I, I believe it was an opera window in the C pillar, and you dropped the chin and you balanced out the proportions, and you drew it for me, and I still have it. I got it in my office. That, oh, that's that, cool. Yeah, yeah. I just drew the window the way that the uh, three hundred had it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, then you lo- you lo- you put a chin on it too, and it balanced everything out, and I never forgot that. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, I was like, I'm not crazy. Chip Fu says I'm right. <laughs> you were right. Yeah. But yeah, but you see, see, you have that. One of the reasons I want to talk to you is because you have, I covet what you have. We both idolize our father. Yes. And you have the mechanical ability like your dad did. I didn't, Chip. I was, I was extremely blessed and lucky to have a father I had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, M- me as well. So, so you weren't really, you just showed up in the car business. It's not like you were, you were, you had to adjust to it. It was just who you are, I'm guessing. I, I don't remember being introduced to it. I just yeah. grew up with it. Yeah. My father was the shop foreman for Gene Winfield back in mm-hmm. the 60s. Right. And so I grew up at AMT mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the plastic model kits. My dad was working with the crew and they were building those life-size cars. They would go on tour and tour around, around America, going to all the car shows. Then, the uh, you know, about six months later, the plastic model kit would come out. My dad would bring one home and then I was building the same car that he built, but in scale model version. It was, it was pretty neat. But then Hot Wheels, they were building Hot Wheels of the same cars. So I had cars in my pocket that my dad built. How cool is that on the school so, bus? My dad can beat up your dad. Yeah, but can your dad make this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was pretty neat. You're proud. When I see one of the cars that my dad built still in a Hot Wheel, I go, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It just takes me right back to my childhood. That, that's got to be I mean, I, I want to hear the story about how you destroyed the Mura. I, if I remember correctly, you had, you had to clean the trim. Well, it was a new car then because this was, let's see, I was probably nine years old. So mm-hmm. uh, let's see, that would have been uh, 1972. Right. And my mom came in. I was working with my dad. He had given me a gallon can of lacquer thinner and a rag and told me to wipe all the door rubbers to the Mura because, so that they, they could glue them back in. He had just finished painting it candy root beer brown and so my mom came in and said you got to go to the dentist so we went to the dentist got back from the dentist walked in the office and my dad asked me he said what'd you do with your lacquer thinner rag when you got done before you left i don't remember he says come on back and he walks me back there and i had set it right on the roof and of course it's pnt 90 which is slow evaporating lacquer thinner so when i set it there it just melted into the into the paint and glued itself right there. Ah. So I had to cut it off and then sand that and prep it all for him. And, and then, uh, you know, he would come back and follow up my work, make sure uh-huh. it was all correct. But we stayed there for probably the next 20 hours until he had it all fixed. Uh, I have to ask, did he yell? No, he never yelled at me when I messed up. You know, he just taught me why I messed up. He was a phenomenal teacher. He didn't get mad. Even, even, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard the story of, you know, he had a, a show truck, a 1956 Ford F100 mm-hmm. that it was painted candy root beer brown also. And he taught me how to drive one day and I ran into the front of a Rolls Royce that was parked at the shop oh. and he didn't get mad. He just shut the, you know, he was teaching me how to drive. Right. And I stuffed it into the nose of the rolls and pushed the rolls into a Porsche because these cars were, ready to leave. They were out in front of the shop on a Friday afternoon. Right. Well, I, I took care of three of them, the truck, the rolls and the Porsche. And <laughs> he, was, he was in the truck with me. Now I was 12 years old. 
I was stepping on the brake, but I was using my body weight to turn the wheel because there's no power steering. Yeah, yeah. My foot slipped off the brake, stepped on the throttle, boom, lit up the back tires and drove into the rolls. He reached over and shut the key off, and he says, "Well, you got three of them." <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was my first driving lesson. My father, <laughs> shoot, my father would still be yelling. <laughs> no, he never got mad. He just. He's the one that took me out. So yeah, that's yeah. And, and you were 12 years old. And that's when you, you painted your first car too. That he, he, yeah. I'm sure he, it was a 356 bathtub. It was a bathtub Porsche. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But the truck, the, the grill from that Rolls Royce is hanging over my office right now. Oh, the one you hit? The one I hit, it hangs over the office of my, the door of my office. So, you know, when I look up, I know that, you know, everything's great until it ain't. <laughs> it can go wrong like that yeah yeah and, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it reminds you of your dad too is that accurate yes yes yeah that's cool yeah i got this you know this this ring that's my wedding yes. ring my mother gave that ring to my father when they got engaged oh that's very cool yeah when he passed away i i, I took the ring and I, I used it as my wedding ring so i got that oh that's fantastic yeah now when oh, yeah. did your father pass my father but 2010 okay um, and he had the last thing I did was he had a uh, it was a, it was a 98 it was a caddy and he wanted to change the oil in the caddy because he always did it. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I said, I said Pop, you get goes, I want to change the oil in my car. OK, I put two ramp. He lived in this little condo. I put two yeah. ramps outside the front. I, I, I measured it and I'm like, I can get the nose of this car right by the front door. And I put two little ramps and I drove it up and I chalked the back wheels and I popped the hood. He opened up the front door. He had a walker. He opened up the front door <laughs> and it was open. I said, have at it. I'm going to lay underneath it. You can put, I'll, I'm draining all you can put it in. How's that? And that's and, cool. And he laughed and he cried. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Hmm. Yeah. And, and I wanted to ask you uh, about the, uh, <laughs> didn't your father on overall, didn't he redo a, a Ford pickup you had? Yeah, that was the one that I wrecked. Yeah, that's that. That was the F one hundred that you wrecked. Yeah, yep. So here's an interesting story. I wrecked that truck on a Friday, uh -huh. and it it tore that thing up. We we stuffed the nose, the fender, the grill, uh, the hood was bent. The whole cow were on a fifty six Ford pickup. Mm -hmm. The passenger side cow has all these louvers. All, all right. those louvers were wrinkled. And uh, we found another truck cab, cut all the pieces out of what that we needed, found a hood, fender, and all the pieces, and we completely rebuilt that truck. And he and my mother left for the F-100 Nationals the mm -hmm. following Friday. So wow. we had one week to get that one done. Now, did you know on overhauling, because part of, part of the appeal of that show was the pranks, did you know that was happening when you went on it? No, I did not know it. They had my truck. Oh, that's cool. I remember, you know, I, the coolest thing about it is the fact that Bud Brutzman, who's the producer, mm -hmm. he hired my dad to run the team and build that truck. So I still have the truck. Yeah. And it's a piece of my dad's artwork. So yeah. That's the greatest thing about it is I've got that, you know, he passed away in November of, of 2018 mm -hmm. and I miss him every day. I know, man. I saw, I saw that your interview at SEMA. Uh, I broke down with you. <laughs> I broke down with you. I was yeah. like, "Oh man!" And you were and you were talking about the uh, the '74 Jag, and it was the first car you did uh, on your own, pretty much. Yeah, that you didn't share with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that 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 was that was uh, it was very heartfelt, and you were very uh, 
I, I was with you emotionally when you did that because I know what that feels like. And that 74 Jag, by the way, beautiful. And I wanted Thank to you. say this, I wanted to say this to you is like you can produce and articulate what I'm thinking. That's I think that's why I gravitate to you as a designer. It's like I love the gym. I can't even say what I'm thinking. <laughs> no, but I mean when I look at a car. Like I and I I look at a car and then I see what you do to it. I was like, that's I couldn't say that, but that's what I was thinking, you know. And that seventy four Jag and, 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 oh, cool. as an example of it, I, I'm with Enzo, most beautiful car ever made. But in seventy four, fantastic car, yeah, heavy handed details. Yes, the five mile an hour bumper, the yeah, all it, that all that stuff. So it was it was thin and chunky at the same time. Like the body was exactly. thin, then they held this shit. Yeah hanging off of it just untailored and unrefined but mm. absolutely gorgeous shape yeah what you did to it was was stunning you took the five mile an hour bumpers off of it you made it a true roast a roadster so no roof no top the chrome right. all the way around is just so it's just so detailed and did you change the rake of the windshield because it looks yeah, like the windshield it's we handmade the windshield uh-huh. and, but we actually made it from an original windshield made a new one that we could cut because we dropped it back about three inches from if you were to take the top of the windshield and just rake it back about three inches, mm-hmm. that's what we did. Yeah. But we yeah. made a new windshield. We took original or, you know, bought brand new windshields. We cut three of them. We were able to cut them, came out fine, set them in the shop. And about an hour later, you'd hear a little ping <laughs> and a runner going through it. There's, oh. there's stretch in that glass. Yeah. And, when you cut it, sometimes it'll let go. So we yeah. did three of them. We lost all three of them. So then we went ahead and we had a brand new windshield made for it. Well, it, it's beautiful. I mean, and even the detail on the car, like the, the, the stems for the side view mirrors and the side view mirrors, are just, they're, they're just gorgeous. And one of the things, my quibble with the original one is the wheel, the wheels, the side, the wheels are too far in on the car. It looks, it doesn't look stable. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you brought them all the way out and, and, and you, you made it. It's interesting. I narrowed the suspension, right. but I put wider, wider wheels and tires because that car normally has the knockoffs mm-hmm. sticking outside and then the tires are inside. Yeah, yeah. So I brought the tires out and put the knockoffs in. Yeah, and they're not wire wheels. They're your wheels, right? They're not like... Yeah. Uh, well, they're 12s in the rear and 8s and, uh, in the front. Yeah. But but yeah, it's absolutely that. That's what I was thinking when I saw that car. I go, oh, that's how it should be. Thank you. Yeah. So, <laughs> but that, that's my taste. And, and you do that. You did that um, also uh, with the Speedbird for Ford. Oh, thank you. Yes. I have I have a, an affinity towards the, my I had an eighty five Turbo Coupe, which was my first comedy car. Nice. Yep. Yep. I I put about two thousand mi- two hundred thousand miles on that thing. I got a TV deal to go to L.A. I said, well, maybe I'll drive across the country. I walked out into the driveway. Everything went wrong with the car at one point. It's like it heard me and said, I'm not going. Take a freaking plane. <laughs> wow. That's a bummer. Yeah. All right. So I want to start at the beginning. Uh, okay. And I want to I build up to the Speedbird. So you're, uh, you're, you're painting for your dad. Your dad, uh, you were painting in the shop for like 15 years. Yeah, I was a, I was a full-time painter for my father for 15 mm-hmm. years. I'm still going to school and whatnot. But I, I, after school, I go to the shop. And I'd work till two or three in the morning mm-hmm. and I'd go to bed and get up and go to school and then go to the shop. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. You know, it wasn't work to me. Yeah. And after hours, a lot of times it was, I worked for my father until maybe six to eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it'd be like, 
So there'd be a 76 Camaro that got wrecked and it's almost a total because those cars were only worth about maybe $1,800 back then. Mm -hmm. But there's $1,500 worth of damage. I would sign the insurance check over to the owner and I'd give him another 300 bucks. I'd bring the car in and that's what I was doing late at night is I didn't have the money to replace the parts. So I would custom build that car and usually do it in about two weeks and then I'd sell it. And I probably did 50 cars in high school, just like that. That's cool. That's and, a, lot and that, a lot of fun. I'm sure you made your money. And is that where you got, cause your business sense is, is pretty good. I mean, I, most, most artists don't have business sense. You have that balance. Um, well, thank you. In researching you and, and knowing you a little bit, I've seen the choices you made and I'm like, that's, that's smart. Thank you. You know, I don't know if a lot of people knows, but you were uh, Jesse James reached out to you from monster garage. Right. To be the co-host. And it's not where you wanted to go. And you that and you had to say no. And it was a, it was a smart no. Can you tell that story? Well, well thank you. Well, I, I went to meet with Jesse and some executives from Discovery Channel. And they told me about the show and that the first episode was going to be a Ford Mustang that we're going to turn into a lawnmower. Mm-hmm. To cut the grass at a golf course and it'll pick up the balls. Okay. And I'm thinking, OK, well, what are we doing with it when it's over? Yeah. There's no value to it is what I'm thinking in my head. Mm. Second episode was going to be a Ford Explorer that we're going to turn into a trash truck. You drive up to a trash can. It was going to just, you know, cut the top out of it and dump the trash inside the vehicle. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay, where's the feel good moment for this show? Yeah. We're just building something to perform a task. And that's what my problem was with the show is, you know, I'm here at Foose Design trying to build, the most beautiful pieces of rolling art that I could build. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to put me on television building monster garage vehicles, which I saw no value to. Right. And I, I did say no. And then it was just a couple weeks later that Bud Brutzman came in and said he wanted to do a show based on me. And originally he wanted to fo- follow me 24 seven, like they had done with, with Jesse, mm-hmm. where I did that motorcycle mania. Yeah, yeah. And I said, no, that's that's not going to be interesting. So we discussed what the show could be possibly. And I told Bud, I said, why don't I call Ford, get him to donate a vehicle, and we'll build something for the SEMA show. And he said, what's the SEMA show? I said, trust me, that's the <laughs> show that you want to go to and film. Yeah. And I explained it to him. And then I called Jay Mays at Ford, and he says, we're going to release the new T-Bird. Mm-hmm. So I'll send you in the new T-Bird and you can build that. And that's where we built the Speedbird. That was the pilot episode of Rides, which mm-hmm. uh, we did 59 episode of Rides. But while we were building it is when Bud and I brainstormed and came up with the idea for Overhaul. So, yeah, that, but the, dip, the difference between, um, and I love both shows, Rides and, uh, and Overhaul. Overhaul and had that moment. It had that. There was a guy uh, that there was a a roadrunner where you could see the guy's face. It was in pieces, and I saw this guy's face, and it was one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, yeah. We we built his name was John. Mm -hmm. John was in his mid forties. He had bought that car when he was fifteen years old, and when I read the submission, he said that he wanted a Hemi in it with a four speed transmission. Mm -hmm. Well, Mopar gave us a five twenty six Hemi, and we put a five speed manual transmission in it. And I stuck a Hemi badge on the car. Uh And when John opened his eyes and saw the Hemi badge, 
with a crack in his voice, he says, does it really have a Hemi in it? <laughs> and Bud Brutzman, the producer, took advantage of that moment and said, go ahead and look. Normally, we would introduce everybody from the A-team, and whoever built the motor would be the person that would come out and meet John, and then we'd open the hood and show him what that person did. Mm-hmm. And Bud just said, go ahead and look. And on the show, because of editing, you saw John walk over, open the hood, and then say thank you to all of us. And it was, and it was a great moment. He's a little emotional. That but in reality, moment, yeah. yeah. But what really happened is John opened the hood of his car. He dropped to his knees and started to cry like a baby. And it took him a good 20 minutes to compose himself enough to be able to say thank you. And mm. there wasn't a dry eye in the house. It was an amazing emotional moment for all of us. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the things I, I look forward to on that show. And it, it, it was it was really well done. And that's that's the moment I wanted mm-hmm. that we didn't have with Monster Garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't make somebody's lifelong dream a reality right there. Yeah. And that's that's what I was looking for. If we're going to do TV, you know, it's there's got to be that moment that you just made somebody's dream come true. Yeah. Yeah, that was that emotional connection, like me and the guys on Top Gear, I, I told them, I said, boys, if we can communicate the camaraderie we have to the audience, we'll be fine. And that's right. the moment we're going for. And I, and, I, and I think we achieved it. Look, I'll deny I said it, Chip, but I still love those two idiots. <laughs> Good, you should. You also designed um, Ramon, the, the 59 Impala in the movie Cars. That was a lot of fun. Another interesting deal is, that Speedbird opened a lot of doors. Yeah, yeah. Because I had the Speedbird at the SEMA show. I was lucky enough to win uh, Best of Show from Ford Motor Company. And John Lasseter, the head of Pixar, was with his entire team doing research for the first film. Right. And John was standing there, and my wife was on the phone. She was going to be late. She wasn't going to make it there. And she says, hand somebody the phone so I can hear you accepting the award because Jay Mays was on stage about to give me the award. Uh-huh. And I turned to John, and I had just met John. He fell in love with the Speedbird. And I said, would you hold my phone for me so my wife can hear me accept the award? <laughs> and I walked up there and accept the award, and John Lasseter is standing there with my phone. <laughs> you know, I really didn't know who John was at that moment, except I knew that he had done Little Red, yeah, yeah. which was in 1984. He did that animated cartoon the computer animated cartoon yeah but the unicycle in the bike shop right and i fell in love with that the first time i saw it it was later that i realized that's john <laughs> and uh yeah he fell in love with the speedbird he wanted me to build another one for his wife and we discussed that project that never happened mm-hmm. but he asked me if there were other shows that he and his team could go to and i said you should go to pleasanton the good guys nationals which was two weeks from after sema Mm-hmm. and I was going up there anyway. So I met he and his team and we all got together. He saw a couple of cars that I had done. And I don't know if you uh, know Christopher Titus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had done a handyman wagon for him in 1956. Yeah. Red one with the flames. Yep. And when John saw the flames. He says, I want you to do Ramon for the movie. So I went up and uh, it was a phenomenal experience. There's all these real long rooms Mm-hmm. I go up there and we go into one room and there's all these storyboards put up on the walls and each of the artists would come in and each scene, each artist, whoever did those drawings 
would act out that scene in front of everybody. So they, <laughs> they acted out the whole scene for me to see who this character was. Right. And then once I knew who the character was, then I ran off and I did my sketches and it was a lot of fun. But if anybody had an idea, they would say, what if we do this instead of that? Right. Or at this moment, this happens instead of that. And then they write out little post notes, put it up there. And then the artists spend all day or the next day redoing it. And then three days later, they go back to the room and they retell the whole story again. And they'll spend five years on just the storyline. Yeah. Until, until they've got everything that they want. It's now, did they, did they have a, a 59 Impala? They, that's the car they wanted? Or did you pitch them the cat eye? No, no, they already knew it was going to be a 59 Impala. And that was Cheech Marin was yeah. the voice. Yeah, yeah. And it was interesting the way John Lasser put it to me. He says, Cheech Marin is his voice, but you are his talent. And then oh, when that's... they did Cars Land in Disneyland, mm-hmm. when they built Cars Land, John asked me, to go through the park and anything that I saw that I think Ramon would have grabbed and painted in this right. town. He says, that's your job. Just grab it, take it to the shop, paint it, bring it back. So for two and a half years, we painted stuff and sent it back over there. It that's was a blast. Cool. That's cool. Uh, yeah. And, and it sounds like it was a lot of fun. What didn't sound like fun was the day that you left Boyd Coddington's legendary, uh, hot rod designer. You used to work for him. And the day you left, there was a lot going on. <laughs> oh boy, that was a, that was an interesting day. I sweated when I heard the story. Can you tell the story? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Boyd's had gone bankrupt, mm-hmm. and I was still in the shop, and I was trying to carry it through. And I had I had spent my personal money to buy parts to keep everybody working there mm-hmm. because the new management team was telling me that they're going to get the place funded and we're going to go forward. So I spent my savings on parts, keeping everybody at the shop. Then when I was done and I was basically, I was broke. Mm -hmm. uh, That's when I made the call and I, I brought all the employees in and said, well, what I did before I brought them in is I called all these different shops around the areas and said, okay, I've got this car that I can bring to your shop. And I've got this employee that can come with it and finish it. And I'll, I'll come to your shop and, and handle the design. So I had every single car and every employee when I called the meeting, I said, here's where your car is going. You have a job. Here's where this car is going. You have a job. So I placed all the cars and all of the employees at different shops. And then I followed around to get the design work done and finish those cars for the customers. But I remember my final day, I had just locked everything up and we were supposed to go meet Troy Trepanier and George Petit and Steve Anderson from Good Guys. We were going to meet at Charlie Sheen's car collection in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. And my wife was going to pick me up because we live south of the shop and he's up north. My wife was going with me. So she came, she picked me up at the shop. And right before we left, she says, before we leave, I have something for you. Now I had gone through all my savings. I had $500 left in the bank. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, I've got a house payment in two weeks of uh, $1,600, and I don't even know how I'm going to make that payment. And I get in the car, and my wife says, before we leave, I have something for you. And she handed me a brown paper bag, and I opened it up, and I pull out a tiny little T-shirt that says, I love Daddy. And that's when I knew that I had $500 in the bank. I didn't have a job. 
I didn't know how I was going to make a house payment, and my wife is now pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when I, we started Boost Design. Chip, I know the story, and I'm sweating now. I even know how it turns out, and I'm sweating. Yeah, that was uh, – I hadn't thought about that for a while. Yeah. yeah so, that's, and let me ask you, do you remember, like, all right, me and you, honey, we're going to do this? Oh, yeah. 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 I had no idea what I was going to do, but uh, one of the employees from Boyd's – I had sold my 69 Camaro mm-hmm. and gave him the money so he could move home because he didn't have enough money to move to Arizona. He had just started at Boyd's. Right. And when Boyd's collapsed, he still hadn't gotten a paycheck yet. Mm-hmm. Didn't have the money to get back home. So I sold my car, gave him all that money. I said, here, go home, get, get situated. Well, he went home and he started working for Precision Power Inc., which was a speaker and amplifier company. Mm-hmm. automotive speakers and amplifiers. Yeah, yeah. And he called me up. He says, what are you going to do? And I said, I have no idea yet. And he says, do you want to design our entire 99 line of product? Cause this was, this was in January of 98 that okay. everything went away. And, uh, I said, sure. So, uh, I said, here's how I'd like to do it. I'll design your product for a 3% royalty on everything you sell. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, how do you want to start it? And I said, I need a $10,000 advance on royalties. I'll use that money to design the product. So four days after I had left Boyd's, I had a check for $10,000 and I was designing all of their speakers and amplifiers and a whole bunch of different products. And yeah. that's where, that's where the company started. Foose design. And why I love that story is, all right, I'm in a hole, but I'm betting on myself and you took the royalties. Uh, I called a lot of car companies, seeing if they needed a designer. Mm-hmm. And all of them said, well, we're not in our hiring time right now. Right. They, they have a period where when they're out looking for designers, yeah. but nobody was looking for a designer yet. So I was supposed to wait, but yeah. I couldn't wait. No, but you took the royalties. You bet on yourself. That's something we love here at the home office, Chip. Betting well, on you. yourself. You. That's that's yeah. great. You know, uh, uh, Jack Nicholson did that with Batman. Yeah. Uh, Batman, he's like, I'll take a back end. And he killed. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. Yeah. Bet on yourself. Yeah, that's great. I mean, Steve Sharippa was on the show from The Sopranos. He told the same story how he bet on himself. And that's what that's every every time I see someone that bet on himself, I just uh, uh, I, I love to hear the story and the cars you put thank out. You. I will tell you this: one of my favorite is, is the is the P-32, the Street Fighter. Oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you. I wanted to do something that was just pure passion and fun. Right. And that's what the Street Fighter is. It just goes right back to the beginning of hot rodding. When all the uh, veterans were coming back from World War II, yeah. and what were they doing? They were buying stripped-down 32s and going to the dry lakes and racing them. And mm-hmm. what I wanted is, okay, what if you know a pilot from nineteen from from World War II, say it's about nineteen forty-eight now, he wanted to build his roadster and theme it around the P forty or P thirty-eight that he used to fly, yeah, P forty Warbird, and so. All the details are based on a P40. But, yeah, uh, I had the uh, the jacket of the of the guys, the, the Flying Tigers jacket when I was a kid. Oh, very cool. With the bloodshed on the back, yeah. and I, I researched it and put all the patches on and stuff. I was working at a luggage store. I made myself made myself a captain, and I, I put a, I made my own tag. It was great. <laughs> cool. I have found two of those jackets, but they're too small for me. Yeah. So we can yeah. Make- 
I'll yeah. make you one if you make me a car. How's that? Perfect. Yeah, that's a fair deal. Okay, you know the car. <laughs> Here's the car I want. Uh, mm -hmm. My father's uh, the car of legend was a '57 Starfire Rolls. That's the car he built oh, cool. when he was a kid. Yeah. And he put Mercury skirts on the uh, on the rear wheels. He put a Continental kit on the back, and he did kitchens and bathrooms. So that's why his mechanical his love was cars, but his job was. Yeah kitchens and bathrooms and design. So he took cabinet knobs and he polished mm -hmm. them and put them in the grill. So it looked like bullets. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's cool. yeah, so, yeah was, I, uh, a lot of the guys did that back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Now you yep. button tuck the interior next chunk of money I get. I'm knocking on your door. Cool. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, I can't thank you enough, my friend. I, I look forward to seeing you. Are you going to be at SEMA? I'm guessing. I will be at SEMA. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm going to hunt you down because uh, I, I really I respond so much to what you do when I respond so much to who you are. So I well, want to thank you. you. When are you going to come by for a tour? Oh, I'll be down. Oh, oh, don't don't make that. Don't make that invitation. <laughs> yeah, it's an open invitation. Any day you want to come by. So I'm going to hunt you down, Foose, and we'll have some more laughs. Thank you. Right? Let's do it. Best to you and your family, my friend. Take good care. OK, thank you so much. You take care. Bye. See ya. The ADD interview was brought to you by CruiseIntoWellness.com. CruiseIntoWellness.com for all your CBD needs. Now, let's say your father's teaching you how to drive and something goes awry. My foot slipped off the brake, stepped on the throttle, lit up the back tires and drove into the rolls. This could cause you a little anxiety. So why don't you do what I do? Take one of the gummies they have at cruiseintowellness.com. They also have tinctures, pain creams, pet products. They got a bath bomb that'll take it all away. And you get 20% off with the coupon code ADAM. 20% off with the coupon code ADAM at anything they have at cruiseintowellness.com. Go, feel better. Hey, I'm Chip Foose, and that was 30 minutes that I will never get back. How great was that? Chip Foose, boys and girls. That was big for yeah. me. Thank you. That was an exciting interview. Yes, I like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I couldn't tell that you were excited to talk to him, Adam. <laughs> but how great was that? He, uh, he, he did the right thing by the people that work for him. He got people yes. jobs. He doesn't yes. know how he's going to make his mortgage. He's got 500 bucks in his pocket. He's sitting in the car with his wife. She says, you're going to be a father. I'm sweating again telling the story. <laughs> And then the guy called him up and said, listen, do you want to design these audio systems? He goes, yeah, give me 10 grand and give me a bet on the back end. I was like, that, that was great. It all worked out. Yeah, I, I think part of that success is he's he found the right people to help him. Mm -hmm. He surrounded himself with the right people. And, and the right people are people that have money. I think that's the lesson. <laughs> <Shut up Adam>. <laughs> <laughs> that's the takeaway. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, rich people. Well, to me, his, his uh, true definition of success mm -hmm. is his character. Yeah. You know, which is, damn, you just rung the bell there. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. and, and the fact that, and, and he, he loves his dad like I love my dad, and he got those qualities from his dad. Like, he had a Rolls Royce. He goes, ah, you knocked out two of them. And he didn't yell. <laughs> my father would be yelling from the grave. Yeah. A freaking Rolls Royce. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't hit a Buick. You had to hit a Rolls Royce. Yeah. He taught him why he messed up. He didn't yell at the mess up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how great is that? I mean, and he's still got the grill of the rolls as like that sort of moment. I mean, that actually got me to tear up. I mm -hmm. just thought that was an incredibly powerful moment, you know, and I know how close, you know, you were with, with your pop. And uh, I don't know, just to, to hear you guys chat about that. That made me uh, made me smile, man. It was cool. Ah, thanks. You know what made me tear up? What is that? He has a 356 
bathtub Porsche. Mm-hmm. Oh my <laughs> goodness, that's one of my all-time favorite cars. Yep. I was like, <sighs> see, I'm not the only one geeking Stern. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is a work of art, yeah. and I love that he appreciates a work of art, and I love the fact that he likes purposing stuff. You know, how, like yes. when um, purposing. What do you mean by purposing? Well, you know, when he was asked to do. Um, that Jesse James show. Oh, yeah, yeah. He knew what motivates him. Mm-hmm. And then he gets offered a show that fit his criteria of how he would like to make an improvement or touch someone. Yeah, that's what he did when he put out into the world. He's like, uh, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it in the interview, but I, I found the quote in the research where he would rather spend his time on things that people can see. You know, yeah. and uh, and I think that's what he did. And that's one of the reasons that I, I love the show he was on. Like, like I said, that, that guy with the Roadrunner, when he saw the Hemi badging and, and he started crying, it was yeah. a grown man crying over a Hemi badge. So, you know, that meant something to him. Yeah, it and touched that, him. It was communicated to me. I remember I was watching it on my phone and I was like, <laughs> God, this is look at, look at this. Look at look, look how emotional this guy is for a Mopar. I'm like, look, I could I could see a, a 68 390 fastback. You tear up a little bit. But a Mopar. Jesus. <laughs> well, it's a connection just like your Starfire Olds. Yeah, my if, father's stuff. You know, you see that, and it brings back a memory. It brings back something that means something. Well, you know, I never saw that car. I, Mark, I said, the next chunk of money I get, I want him to build me a 57 Starfire, because that was my dad's car. And I oh, saw wow. one at Barrett-Jackson. Oh, uh, yeah? I sat next to the guy. A guy's name is Stalupi that bought it. Stalupi. Yeah, Stalupi. Hello, Stalupi. And I was sitting next to him, uh, and, and he bought that car, so I know it's in a good home. He also, I also sit next to him when he bought a 54 Caddy Convertible. For like $100,000, I'm sweating like it was my own money. I was like, I can't, John, I can't take this. I can't. A hundred grand, John. And that was like the sixth one he bought before lunch. I was like, oh, oh my, my God. Yeah, wow. I was underdressed to sit at the table to watch him spend his own money. <laughs> well, some no, people um, like Foose, mm-hmm. like I think us. We look at cars or, you know, as objects of art. Yeah. Of beauty. Rolling works of art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, see, I think this is how Phil looks at cars, too. That's why he buys so many, you know? <laughs> yeah. He sells them immediately. That would be it. Yeah, that would Sorry, be it. Phil. I had to take the shot. I had to take the shot, man. I know you're not here to defend yourself, but yeah. I had to. <laughs> and, you know, Adam, when you're talking about uh, Chip being an artist with the cars, I was like, what do you mean? He's like a car guy. This is, how does that define being an artist? And then you sent me a picture of the Warbird, and I was like, oh, yeah. I get it. This guy is an artist. This is amazing. Like I, I, I had no concept of like how brilliant he really is. Yeah, that car is that that one. It's got the exhaust of the P forty. Uh, I think it was it was it was the P forty E Warbird, the the Flying Tigers one, the General Chanel. Yeah, the Warhawk. Warhawk, yeah. I think it was called. Yeah, the P, and it, but he's got the exhaust coming out the side. It's got open wheels on. It. It's got a nose cone. He's got the Tiger Shark on the front of it. He's got a Lincoln Zephyr transmission. I think I said it in the interview. It comes around from the from the firewall. <laughs> On the, where, where, where the passenger's feet go, he comes around. And you sh- I'm like, oh, that, I I would drive that car with goggles, I, <laughs> with scarf. a leather helmet, and a big scarf. So, I, you know, my dad is a big aviation guy, big military history guy. Mm-hmm. I, a car guy, but not to the level of, of you. Mm-hmm. But I showed him that picture, and he was blown away. He's like, how much is one of those? Can we get one of those? Yeah. He's like, yeah, pop. That's going to be a little pricey. That's a one of a kind. Him- yeah, and yeah, he, he couldn't find anyone to finance the build, so he goes, I want to build this for me, so he did it. That's oh, so cool. Yeah. It really is amazing. Okay, I like the Warbird, mm-hmm. but the Speedbird to me is so gorgeous. Yeah. Are you sure there's nothing that we could barter to get one of those, Adam? Well, 
Maybe he would like a semi-heeled dove from the bathroom. <laughs> That's beautiful. That Thunderbird was, and that opened a lot of doors for him. That car. It's gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, I I was just thinking. I was taking a look at it online, and the wheel I could just hang up on the wall. Yeah. Just the wheel. And he, and the Jaguar he did too. I mean, there's little stuff about that Jaguar. Just uh, the, the 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 rear badge, the letters. He he he, sw- he switched the letters. So they face the same angle as everything else on the trunk. So everything, the symmetry of it is just beautiful. It's like little geeky shit like that, I notice. Uh, little geeky shit, shit like that mm-hmm. makes a difference. Yeah. yeah it's it the, all in the it details. Does. Yeah. But yeah, a re- really, really good guy and an artist I respond to. But uh, just to, to circle back, you know, his compass points north in like every facet of his life. And the selfless act of draining his account to $500 to take care of those around him. Mm-hmm. you know, is, is such a generous act. And then like you were talking about, Alex, you know, you get this great job opportunities. Like, no, it doesn't fulfill me because it's not inspiring others. You know, it's just sort of like this cool thing that you would do. And it just sort of goes away. I want something to have an impact on people and, and last. And, and that just speaks volumes about who this guy really is to his core. And, and it shows to me that he's just an outstanding human being. Well, I think when you put that energy out, that energy comes to, he hands a guy a phone so his wife can hear him accepting an award that guy runs pixar and says hey got a minute <laughs> yeah hey yeah. we hey. got this 59 cat eye tail light impala we need someone to design for for cheech Marin's voice it's going to be in his monster movie what do you think he could have handed that phone to anybody that's I've... a guy you meet on the trail <laughs> <laughs> that, that changes your life and doesn't end your life <laughs> <laughs> Well, I I believe that. I believe if you are a, this is my belief. If you are a good person, Mm -hmm. you put out good good things, and you walk like you talk. Mm -hmm. Other good things come in your way and want to hang out with you. You know what, honey? I've been doing that my whole life. I have yet to cash in. Okay, (laughs) I have yet to cash in. (laughs) Well, you're looking at success wrong, Adam. Mm -hmm. You're here. You're loved by many, and surrounded by many who love you. Alex, oh. that was beautiful. And can I quote another philosopher about please, this? Please do. You do the right thing, not because you fear punishment or expect profit, Adam. You do the right thing because the right thing is the right thing to do. Baby. All right, don't, don't believe that bullshit. It was on Comedy <laughs> Central. <laughs> Hoisted by my own petard. Yes, I love it. <laughs> And now I got to look up the word petard. (laughs) I want to thank the legendary Chip Foose for being my guest. It was a big treat for me. Uh, And if you're a car guy, uh, the the design thing he does at uh, Haggerty on YouTube is really a lot of fun. Honey, if they want to get a hold of us, where do they go? The Adam Ferrara at Gmail. Uh, the show is growing, and it is all because of you. Tell somebody you love about the show. That is the best way to spread the word. Uh, and if you get a chance to leave us a review, that helps us with our friend. Mr. Algorithm. And please remember, life is hard. Take it easy on yourself. The pod has ended. Go in peace. I think I'm vibrating on the same frequency as Chip Foos. So now Adam is a famous car designer and artist. <laughs> Do you have to shit on everything? (laughs) I'm just putting out the obvious. Yes, Alex. Obviously, he's a Potts. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small 
Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.